Today we're going to continue in our series on the five senses. Thus far we've looked at being careful with what we see and being careful with how we see. Being careful with what we hear and being careful with what we take. And so today we're going to look at the sense of touch. Unlike most of the other senses that we've looked at thus far, uh, taste is the exception. Touch requires proximity. You've got to be close to touch. You can see something, smell something, hear something from a great distance. But to touch somebody, you've got to be up very close. And God knows that we humans always find it easier to believe something if we can touch it. So God, the Creator, became man walked among us. John 1.14 says it this way, and the Word of God became flesh <coughs> dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory of, as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. But someone that we could touch. Remember what Thomas had to do after the resurrection? Remember when he couldn't see and he heard about it but he didn't believe? Remember that story? John tells it in chapter 20. When it's evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now, they just seen him placed in a tomb and now he's talking. And he said this and he showed them his hand and he showed them his side. His disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, you know, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and have to touch it and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, unless I touch him, I'm just not going to believe it. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hand. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Don't doubt, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And from that point on, he was not known as doubting Thomas anymore. Verse 29 is for us, and I love this. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And that's us. That's us. Let's pray again. Father, thank you for the gift of touch. Something that we can honor you with or get in lots of trouble with. Father, help us to be thankful that you became flesh and dwelt among us. And help us to use how you've touched our lives to touch the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We sang as little children, be careful little hands what you touch. You remember that one? Be careful little hands what you touch. And as we grow, we process 
that thought. We, we determine what we should touch and what we should leave alone. I almost went in a different direction here. There are things in, in some houses you don't touch. Do you have a room growing up in a house you didn't go into unless company was there? Furniture you were not supposed to sit on? I never understood that. I've gone into restrooms before and chosen to wipe my hands on my pants after washing them because I didn't think those towels were for public use. Do you have towels like that in your house? I don't know why they're there. And there's some soap there too sometimes that is just so pretty, I don't think you're supposed to touch it. You've been there wondering if you should touch something, wondering if you shouldn't. But today we're going to go in this direction. We're going to talk about those things that we should touch and we do not touch until the love of God changes our hearts and then our hands. Mother Teresa said this, let's touch the dying, the poor, the lonely, and the unwanted according to the graces we have received and let us not be ashamed or slow to do the humble work. You likely know Mother Teresa's story, a Roman Catholic nun who lived in Calcutta among the poor and the lepers and the dying. It's a fascinating story. You ever prayed a prayer like this? God, I'll go anywhere you want to send me, but just don't send me here or here or here or here. Ever thought things, just don't send me to Africa. And we've got somebody in Kenya today as an on a mission trip. Don't send me to certain places. There she is in Calcutta. Maybe you've made a list in your mind of people you wouldn't want to work with or situations you would want to avoid at all costs. And there's a good chance in your life that you have said this or heard this about a situation or a person. We say things like, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. You said that before, heard that before. We say things like that. Let's look at a biblical example of that. A very familiar story, Luke chapter 10, beginning verse 30. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Fell in the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. You know the story of the Good Samaritan. We're just going to look at a brief part. Verse 31 begins, Now by chance a priest was going down that road. And if you're reading the story for the first time, you're thinking, well, that's great news. What luck for the injured guy. It's a priest coming down the road. It's like an ambulance driving by. It's perfect. And, and he'd know he should help. He, he's got to stop. And then we read the rest of verse 31. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And we wonder, what's he doing? Where, where's he going? I, I can't believe this. He didn't stop? And the priest wouldn't touch this man with a ten-foot pole. And so you begin to scratch your head and wonder what in the world's going on here. What, why is he moving on? Why isn't he helping? Well, there were rules about touching a dead body. Now, we're told he's half dead. We know he lived through the story, if you know the rest of the story. 
But maybe the priest was thinking he's not going to make it. Numbers 19.11, the priest would have known, says, Those who touch the dead body of any human being shall be unclean for seven days. Well, but the story seems to imply that the priest was going down the road. He was leaving Jerusalem and heading to Jericho. He wasn't headed to the temple. He was headed away from it. So why didn't he help? I can think of several reasons, but none of them are valid. You know why we refuse. You've seen people in need. You've driven around 285. You've had to make those decisions. Do I, do I stop? What do I do? Now we're going to look at the opposite of the priest. Jesus. In a couple of situations where others would have had the ten foot pole out and never moved in the direction that Jesus did. Let's look what Jesus does. Luke 7. Beginning verse 11. Soon afterwards, he went to a town called Nain. His disciples and a large crowd went with him. And as he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out. Now this one was indeed gone. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. With her was a large crowd from the town. It's a sad story in a world dominated by men. Her husband's gone and she had one son, now he's gone. This lady's in trouble. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said, do not weep. That's an odd thing to say to somebody in this situation. Unless he knew something was about to happen. He came forward and touched the beard, the stretcher, the man. And the bearers stood still. What, what's he doing? He, he's not supposed to do this. Jesus is touching the dead son. And he said, young man, I say to you, rise. And the man sat up and began to speak. I wonder what he said, don't you? He started to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Don't you want to see her face too? Verse 16 is an understatement. Fear seized all of them. I'd imagine. They glorified God saying, A great prophet has risen among us. God has looked favorably on his people. So that's exactly the opposite of what the priest did in a different circumstance. One more story we'll time together. Mark chapter 1, beginning verse 40. Now a leper, now you know about them, they had to live outside of the gate, they had to ring a bell, they had to wave a flag, they had to yell out clean, they couldn't see with their families, they couldn't be touched. They were just sent off to die. A leper came to Jesus imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, and this man's taking a big chance, he shouldn't be this close. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and he touched the leper. He touched him. And said to him, I am willing to be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, and immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. I love the two stories. Jesus gave life back to two men here, one dead and one 
well, on his way there, unclean a leper. And what the priest would not do in the story of the Good Samaritan, Jesus did on a daily basis. A daily basis. There's a common word used in the stories that we just read about name, the funeral, and the leper. At the funeral, we were told, when Jesus saw her, the mother, he had compassion. And at the healing of the leper, we were told that Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him. Do you see what makes us throw away a ten-foot pole? Compassion. Love. Makes us put our poles away. So let me apply this. I do not, on a regular basis, try to change diapers. <laughs> Just don't go looking to do that. In fact, if you came to me tomorrow with a great job opportunity and it's changing diapers, don't care how much it pays. I don't want it. I'm not good with it. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? David Beasley, you know exactly where I'm going with this, don't you? But if it's my grandchildren and there's nobody else in the house and it's been a couple of hours since I know something happened, I'm trying to get out of it. <clears throat> if it's somebody I'll have love and compassion for, sign me up. Love makes us do things. Compassion makes us do things we normally would not do. Love makes us touch. Well, it makes us touch people we normally wouldn't touch. I was at my office in Ackerman, Mississippi, at Ackerman Baptist Church. It was the mid-90s, and the phone rang, and it was the hospital. The hospital was not a half a mile down the road, and they wanted me to come and administer last rites to a Catholic patient. The reason they called me is there's not a Catholic priest within 60 miles of Ackerman, Mississippi that I know of. And by the time one could get there, if they could even find one, so David, we want you to come. Well, I went. And I did the best I could with what I knew. But when I walked into that room at Choctaw County Medical Center, I was not prepared for what I saw. Now I have, I'm somewhat squeamish. And I don't do well with some things. The surgery channel should be outlawed. I, I can't, no one's it. But when I walked into this room, what I saw was just mere skin and bones. I'd seen pictures briefly and then I have to turn away, but this was what was before me. And what I witnessed that day helps define my understanding of love. Because there next to this woman sat a son who was holding her hand and wiping her brow and kissing her forehead. And to him she was so beautiful. It's his mother. 
In our lives, something has to happen when the love of Christ enters our lives. That we're going to throw our poles away. And we're going to love everybody, whether we like it or not. And we're going to reach out to a world, no matter who they are and what they are, and have love and compassion. As I understand the scripture, that's at the top of our list. Another quote from Mother Teresa. She said, I try to give to the poor people for love what the rich could get for money. No, I wouldn't touch a leper for a thousand pounds. Yet I willingly cure him because of the love of God. You know that's the truth. What love makes us do. There's a hymn. It's not in the hymn book anymore. I remember singing it a long time ago. And I'm going to read it to you as we think about what we can do when we leave this place. It's called Reach Out and Touch. Reach out and touch a soul that is hungry. Reach out and touch a spirit in despair. Reach out and touch a life torn and dirty. A man who is lonely if you care. Reach out and touch the neighbor who hates you. Reach out and touch the stranger who meets you. Reach out and touch the brother who needs you. Reach out and let the smile of God touch through you. Reach out and touch a friend who is weary. Reach out and touch a seeker unaware. Reach out and touch, though touching means losing, a part of yourself, if you dare. Reach out and give your love to the loveless. Reach out and make a home for the homeless. Reach out and shed God's light in the darkness. Reach out and let the smile of God.